What's up, Three Crosses family? Pastor Danny here in the podcast studio for our Going Deeper podcast. If you were with us on Sunday, we had a guest speaker at church, Pastor Ray Hudson from City Center in Berkeley, and we are going to sit down with him today and talk a little bit about what God is doing through their ministry in the wonderful city 25 minutes from our campus here in Castor Valley. So with that, let's dive right in. Well, Ray, welcome to the podcast studio today. Thanks for being with us. Hey, thank you so much. And it was amazing to be with your church on Sunday. And man, you guys are doing some amazing things. And I just feel privileged to be here. So, Well, I'm glad you're here today. I'm not going to bring a bunch of like scary questions to you. Uh-huh. I would love to let you open the door a little bit for our people to get a glimpse of what you're doing and God's doing in your ministry in Berkeley. And so I would love for you to just set some context, if you can, for our people. How did you get here? You're not from California, the Bay Area. Tell us where you're from. Tell us how your journey took you here to the Bay. Yeah, so I'm actually from the East Coast, which is um, really cool. And uh, But I've fallen in love with the Bay Area. And previous to coming to the Bay Area, I always thought, man, like, are there Christians in California? I don't know if you ever had that question. No, it's joking, but uh, but you just wonder, like, what is it like? And so I remember uh, I was working at Joyce Meyer Ministries, uh, executive uh, director uh, with a friend of mine's uh, running the Dream Center, and I got the call to come out here. And so we came out here, and we landed in the most beautiful part of California, Bakersfield. <laughs> and so we slid in. It was amazing. You know, everything you think of when you think of California is Bakersfield. But we came in, and um, as we got here, we actually had all of our stuff stolen. So that was our first experience with California. Woke up in the morning, our, our trailer was gone. But with that in mind, though, I just knew, man, if the enemy's trying this hard to stop us as we entered, uh, man, God must be up to some cool things. And so, man, what brought us here was just God really calling us here and uh, came in the Bay Area, was a dean of student life for uh, college, and uh, then became executive pastor of a multi-site church here in the Bay Area. And then just from there, kind of, you know, started feeling the call to to pastor at some point. So I know just in the last what, 10, 15, 20 years, we followed a a number of different groups and people who've said, hey, we're going to move from a different region. We're going to come to Berkeley, right? The Nineveh of the United States of America. And we're going to take this thing for Jesus. And we watch them crash and burn, right? They show Mm. up and they've got these great plans and nothing happens. Or they come up and they've got these giant dreams. They raise all this funding, but they have no idea how to do ministry Mm. in the Bay. Um, And yet the model that you guys are doing and the ministry that you guys have had has been beautiful so far. These last couple of years as you've started, it feels different than these other folks. What do you feel like has given you and Mm. what kind of perspective has you brought, have you brought that's, that's different than these folks that we've seen kind of come with big dreams and then walk away with their tail between their legs? Yeah. And I think too, like for those who have come and gone, you know, it's for me, I always think, man, they, they, they helped they help the soil, right? There's some people that prayed before me, and um, so it's exciting. Um, but I think the way they looked at the, doing ministry looks a lot different than us. I think at the beginning place of us saying, okay, what does it look like to plant a life-giving church in a city who could, some could say hate believers or are totally against God? And I think you have to come to a place of realizing, one, it ain't you. you know. So I think if you come into Berkeley and you're like, hey— I'm God's gift to anything church related, (laughs) you're missing it because you have to have a humble understanding of, okay, what's God's heart? You know, and I remember when I was up in the Tilden Hills, I'm sure, you know, you guys have been there, all those in the Bay Area. If you're not in the Bay Area, you got to check out the Tilden Hills, but they're behind Berkeley and it's a super foggy day. Go figure, right? In the Bay Area, real foggy. And I remember as I was driving from Berkeley, praying, asking the question like, and Danny, you think about this, like, am I committing career suicide to plant a church in Berkeley, California, right? 
job's great, living in Danville, right outside Black Hawk. Why would I go to Berkeley, California? And uh, and so I was just driving and saying, God, like, what's going to make me different? Like, I'm no better than the guys and the women and the people that have gone before me. And I just remember God just stopping me and he said, the job I'm asking you to do is easier than you think. Now, this is pre-pandemic. This is pre-social and political unrest, uh, everything that's been going on uh, in our in our society. And he said, man, the job I'm asking you to do is easier than you think. Now, come on, you just listed it. And just tons of people that came, tons of people that, you know, fallen off or thought they were going to transform the city and it's not happened. Uh, and I just felt God say, hey, I, I'm not actually calling you to go save people. Um, but I want you to help them see me through their fog. And I think so many times we're trying to fix people or we're trying to do the saving and God does it. And so that's where it kind of came with our outcome, which was, man, we want to love and serve people so hard that when they interact with us, they just begin to rethink their preconceived notions. Now, I'm sure you think, you know, theologically or, you know, for people who go out and do evangelism, you know, we're trying to, we're, we're, we're trying to make something happen. And we miss the point that people are so far from God. There's like a huge chasm. And so if there's this huge chasm of them to God, how do we get them to the place of just one, seeing us differently? Because the message that we're giving in most cases in Berkeley, where there's like over 99% of the community don't want faith, they're not like, oh, Pastor Danny came and he told me that Jesus loves me and the party ends in hell. And now I'm just ready. You know, some most people aren't there yet. And so we just felt like, man, if we just love and serve, like if we just do what Jesus said, hey, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And again, that's that's just the beginning. That's not the, you know, we can jump into what we do, but there was a philosophical mind shift that I had to have to say, like, how do we just lift the fog? How do we create space for people to to see Jesus, right? Because, and when I say see, like, actually see him differently than what we've shown them. Because a lot of times as believers, we've shown them a Jesus that's actually not the Jesus of the Bible, and so they don't want it. But when you look through all Scripture, you see crowds follow Jesus. All throughout Scripture, you see it. Thousands of people follow Jesus. Why? These people were still far from God. There's something about Jesus that maybe some of us have missed out on. And so the Jesus of the Bible, people can't see. So how do we help people rethink church? I think is the beginning is just a philosophical shift in our thinking. And give us a little glimpse into Berkeley as a city, right? We I went to UC Berkeley. Mm-hmm. A lot of us have been on campus. We picture that, right? Or we picture Telegraph or yeah. we picture... But you rooting yourself in the city, living among these people. Help us to see Berkeley through the eyes that, that you're seeing, Berkeley. What is this city? What do you see when you look at that city? No, it's good. Like, so for you guys listening in right now, you may have this thought of like, okay, it's Berserkly or it's this hard, far, horrible, liberal place, you know? And so I think... At, the beginning of the city, it's like, man, you've got to learn to love what you're trying to serve, you know? And so I think with your questionnaire, it's like, man, like when I walk through the city, it's not just the campus. I think there's been lots of, you ask a strategy, what's different? A lot of churches have come in with the focus, hey, I'm going to reach the, the campus. Great. It's a huge campus. It's amazing. But what about the schools and the families and the kids that are walking on the streets and the business leaders that are there, right? There's, there's a big group of people that we don't think about. You know, everyone's mind goes to UC Berkeley and it's like, dude, there's principals, there's superintendents, there's people at car washes, there's baristas, there's, you know, such a mix of people. And so I think, man, the city of Berkeley is a beautiful city. There's amazing people. I'll say it again for those who are thinking those, there are amazing people there uh, who are accomplishing amazing things all around the world. And so that's what I always like to say, man, if you will impact 
Berkeley, you can transform the world. But Berkeley is not the campus. The campus is, is within Berkeley, but there's people. So, you know, even the Nineveh comment, right? You know, Berkeley's got similar, you know, numbers, around 120,000 people, right? Um, so it is that way. But I think when you come in and can love the place, even, you know, you think of Nineveh, he didn't want to go. He hated it. He was actually mad when God said, oh, like, let's save. And I think for me, it's like, man, I actually love Berkeley. I love the people I get to engage with. And, and I know, hey, I don't have to do the saving. God does the saving. I just get to do the loving. And when you see people pass their issues, you know, God sees us differently. If we can start seeing people like Jesus, you realize these are just amazing people who at this moment just can't see Jesus. So what is Berkeley? Berkeley is great people. There's great food. Come on. There's really good food. There's an amazing campus there of that are accomplishing great things in the world. There's kids that are just playing at parks, you know, who are just trying to work through. There's um, families who are trying to just make it in the Bay Area. Berkeley is one of the most expensive areas, right? It's just, man, when you start seeing people as themselves, as you know, they're similar to us. They just at this moment can't see Jesus. I think I think of the classic like church planting one two punch. I imagine a, a person from another city saying, Okay, I'm gonna go to this or that city. I'm gonna go to Berkeley. I'm gonna find some property. I'm gonna put up a building or I'm gonna move into a building. I'm gonna put up some chairs. I'm gonna pray, pass out flyers, see who shows up, build a core, right? doesn't seem like that was the model that you brought to the city of Berkeley. Give us a glimpse into you're up there at the Tilden Hills. You have this vision that God says, help lift this fog so people can see mm-hmm. me clearly. Then you come down the hill into the city. What did you do? What, what did you do first, second, third? What's your strategy to kind of step in and, and make a initial impact in the yeah. city? Yeah, no, that's a great question. So I think, you know, from that mindset of, hey, loving and serving our city so hard that they rethink their preconceived notions of faith. So the beginning part was, hey, we're going to lo- we're going to serve the city before we ever launch. So we're not going to show up and put up, like you said, a banner that says, hey, we've we've made it. We're here. We have exactly what you want. They're going to laugh at you, you know? And so for us, we're like, hey, how do we start lifting the the fog? Okay, Berkeley is a city who loves to serve. They do. If you look at the city of Berkeley, they love serving. They love those who are marginalized, uh, those who don't have, you know, they want to fight for those who don't have. And so we thought, man, like if we just attach to that, how do we, you know, so we launched something called City Cares where we just want to, how do we care for uh, homeless families that are a part of the district? Man, the district doesn't want to partner with the church, but if they have a church who's saying, hey, you tell me all the homeless families in your district and we will help fund getting them into housing until they can get into their sustainable housing. That'll, that'll wake someone up. You know, when the pandemic hit, they called a church plant, us. We weren't even, we hadn't even started yet. And we built out all of the kits for all of the families that were at need in the district. Um, that was a huge thing. We were in conversations with principals, every principal, all the teachers at every school for all the at need families. And so we just know for us, before we even thought about a gathering, we thought about, hey, how do we attach to what they're already passionate about, which was the serving. And so we've done that to the place that we just did our first extravaganza where we actually did our own event. We had almost 600 people show up, uh, not from our church, just from the community. Uh, So I think for us, we were just trying to help them to see that, hey, you know, rethink what they've always thought about Christians. And so that that's that was the first stage of just, hey, loving and serving. Um, And then it was like, hey, how do we how do we actually engage with people on a spiritual level? Um, And so part of that was saying, hey, how do we what if we were a way to find space that, you know, so you've said it like the city center hub. We kind of have the city center hub model where we said, hey, what if we could, 
you know, within Berkeley, there's a bunch of small towns. You know, you were in Berkeley. So I always say it's a bunch of little small towns. So you get like the Claremont neighborhood and you got Elmwood and you've got the uh, Rock Ridge, which is kind of not Berkeley, but, you know, Upper Rock Ridge, they kind of fit. So I always say, hey, that's kind of part of our community. We, we've adopted Upper Rock Ridge. So if, hey, if you're listening, you're part of Upper Rock Ridge, you're <laughs> part of us too. Um, but you got that area, but then you go over to Gourmet Ghetto area or Fourth Street, right? And so these are all you know, Albany, like at North, North Bray, Berkeley, all these places are like little towns almost within Berkeley. And each community looks a lot different. Downtown Berkeley, we all know, looks a lot different than the Claremont, right? It's just a different space. And so we said, what if we could find a way to acquire spaces and throughout the week, um, our community used it however they want it. So if it's an event center, if it's a dance studio, if it's a daycare, right? And so throughout the, the week, they're doing that. And then we just happen into the same space, have a church gathering that's happening. And so for us, we just said, man, like, what if we could create a model to where we could launch little hubs in different parts of these communities that the city wants there. It's a, it's a hub that's loving and serving our city. It's a, it's a hub that's creating um, space for community people to do different things in it. Uh, so part of our model is also to say, hey, like we can't just be about a Sunday now, you know, Lots of churches, you know, the main thing is Sunday. For us, we say it can't be the main thing. You know, this weekend, we, you know, we've got a, um, a uh, uh, um, Jungle James coming out. And so we got a ton of community families that are showing up to what we would say is another one of our services. We have a 9-9, we have our 1030, and then we have a community service that we'll do like about once a month. And we do some type of thing. We've done, uh, we actually had a petting zoo in Berkeley. We had tons of families just stop their cars and get out because there's in Berkeley, there's there's animals on the street, you know, we're doing jungle James, you know, so we just try to keep creating avenues to engage with the community. Another thing we do is donut days. And so family donut days, the second Saturday of every month, they may not come to our church, but they know, Hey, on the second Saturday of every month, uh, city centers out there, we're inviting them to some movie night or some jungle James event that we're doing. And so we're just consistently saying, Hey, we got to push past a weekend service and, and try to find ways to get into the lives of people. So the, so right now you've got how many how many hubs do you guys have right now? We have four hubs at the moment. Yeah, and then actually this is a whole another thing, but we have a, another location that's launching in Pennsylvania, which that's like a pandemic. I mean, that happened through the pandemic, and they've got a group of people, and so they launch weekly this week. You know, the week you know on Sunday, this past Sunday. So wow, so four hubs in Berkeley, one yes. in Pennsylvania. Correct, and they're all kind of different. You're saying correct, right? And then. The, you know, I've been to that, the one in the Claremont, which uh -huh. is, tell us a little bit about the different spaces within the hub. Yeah. So like in the Claremont, we actually, we got that acquired that like in August, 2020. So right when the pandemic oh. hit. And so we, we did that just to say, Hey, how do we create, find an avenue for us to have space that we could still gather and then have a studio. So in that space, we had a studio, we used the outdoor patio for uh, gatherings, but now we partner with a marketing company. So this pushes us to one of our models, which is how do we produce additional revenue stream? So there's a marketing company now that they've rented. We don't pay anything, but I've got an office there. We can still use the patio. But I, the bigger thing is I get to engage in missional relationship with the owner of that business. So like in a week, he's coming over to our building. We're going to walk, we're going to grab a coffee. So for me, it's missional, you know, so the hubs are not just, Hey, to acquire funds. It's also to say, how do I get into community with uh, people right now um, who don't want faith, um, but are, you know, interested. So like we just had a boxing fundraiser at our building. We, we have a, a company doing a video shoot in there. Right. So it just allows me to get in community with people who I normally wouldn't be able to. 
It's amazing. I think I'm picturing in my mind now the the hub that you guys launched on Shattuck, which uh-huh. that's one is in an old church building, right? It was. It was. It was called the like self realization temple or so. So like a spiritual <laughs> incense burning type, you know, you know, real spiritual place. It so was. So I feel place. like if folks who are listening showed up at that air th- that hub uh-huh. on a Sunday or whenever it is nine yeah. o'clock, eleven o'clock, it's gonna feel a lot like a church. Yeah. Right? So you're gonna the only difference would be we do like a pre gathering that's more team focused in the morning. But uh yeah, you come in, we're gonna have great worship. We're gonna have a great message. And that's the thing. Like I think a lot of times people will say, Hey, you're either one or the other. You have like great services or you're like a house church. And we're saying, Hey, how do we how do we have like excellent relational engagement while also being great at doing church? Like we're church. That's what we do. So we we keep trying to improve and do that better. We just say it can't. That can't be the only thing. So we say we do five things as a church. We say uh, city teams, city uh, care, city groups, city hubs, and city gatherings. And we say, hey, the gathering, we're not going to not think about that. Every church, you're you're thinking about that. But what we may not think about is discipling our team, or um, finding ways to engage with the community, you know, d- weekly, or getting people into relational. Uh, groups or, you know, additional revenue streams and uh, models for um, engaging with the community. So we just say, hey, we want to do all those. We want to do a gathering really well, but we don't want to, we want to make sure that we really focus in on those other four. So if you're someone who lives, say I'm not a Christian religious person, I live in that Shattuck region or I live in the Claremont region and I'm just going about my day, living my own life. Mm -hmm. And then Six months down the road, all of a sudden, now I'm one of these people worshiping at 11 a.m. at mm. the hub on Shattuck. How did I go from here to there? Like, how did I go from just walking down the street with my dog to now, like, I'm like, yeah, I go to church on Sundays and rape preaches or whatever happens on Sundays. I sing these worship songs. Kind of help us understand the movement. Because, like, we, where we started was it's not necessarily the model where you just show up, plan a church, put up a sign and people show up. Yeah. It feels like the way you've had to build is like all these other steps in between. Mm-hmm. Help us to see a little bit how that progression has worked for folks who stepped into faith even through yeah. the model that you guys have built. That's great. I, I'm, I'll give you a story. We'll go with a story first and I can give a little more example. So Stan and Serena, I'm sure they'd be fine with me saying their names, uh, met her husband on the golf course. So one of the things I like to do uh, is golf for Jesus. It sounds a little bit weird. Um, but I feel like, and I said this at our church, you know, we're called to occupy every space that we go into for Jesus. And so in an occupation of every space is this mindset that God's created us on purpose for purpose. And so wherever we are, so come on three crosses church. If this was a plug for you, it'd be man, like God has put you on mission in every space that you're in, that there's a reason for it. And I think so many times we think our, our, our mission is church. It is like, please serve. Come on. We need some people. I'm sure we need people in the kids area. We need some greeters. We need some people at youth, you know, on stage, all that stuff's great, but realize that God's created your work on purpose. And so, uh, in every space you go into at this, you know, if you guys come out to the four cafe, I think it is cafe four, uh, cafe four, come on. Uh, there's people out here that don't know Jesus that are there. Right. And so it's the mindset that everything we do is on mission. And so we, that's the way we taught our team. And so when you think about, okay, what makes us different than other churches? We don't think mass. We think, Hey, our vision, we want to lift the fog for one person at a time, one family at a time, uh, one community at a time. And so I met this couple of Stan, uh, well just Stan first on a golf course. And so we just started golfing together, literally eight months, just golfing together. Then he calls me and says, Hey, I want to, uh, come out to Easter. So they came out to Easter. They got saved him and his wife. They'd never been to church together their entire marriage. They're like 40 years into marriage, never been to church together, got saved there. So, so that's a way, Hey, just living my life on mission. And then as a church, one of the ways that we do it is we say, Hey, 
we do family donut day at literally every the second Saturday of every month. That's a huge way for us to engage. We engage with hundreds of families, hundreds show up every second Saturday of the month. Um, and so we get to engage with people. And so then that movement goes from that first engagement, let's just say through family donut day to, um, Hey, we're having jungle James. And so this last donut day we had, we said, Hey, jungle James is next weekend. Uh, you know, September 18th, uh, 1130 come show up. And so we shorten our gathering a bit, the second gathering and, um, families are going to come in. We got tons of people registering. They're going to come in and we're going to just put on jungle James. And that's a next stage. That's still not church yet. But the cool thing is they've shown up though. So they're in our building. They cross with our people. Uh, they're engaging in a fun environment there. And then from there, you know, it's that movement to, Hey, we've got, you know, churches this time, or here's a, an opportunity for you to engage with us. And, you know, maybe their next stage is Christmas. You know, this family never goes to church, but Hey, I, I think it was at this church and they did this like kind of cool family event. And now we got, you know, we're looking for a place to go for Christmas Eve. And they're like, Oh, there's that church that we went, we were in. And it's a cool building. You know, it doesn't feel like a church You know, our building. We created in such a way where you don't really see like Christianese on our walls. There's pictures of the Bay area, kind of like cafe four, you know, we don't have Yosemite and all that, but we have all the Bay area main bridges and areas and stuff. We can just have pictures like that up in the walls. And so it just makes people feel like, Oh, this is, it's a church, but it just feels a, a bit different than what it's always been. Um, yeah. So I think it's just the movement of, Hey, we do a lot of serving. And so I think it's from our serving, we engage relationally with people. And then it's just a, a common movement to big events. We have a family movie days that we do, you know, and so they'll come to that. And so it's just moving them, giving people multiple opportunities to engage. One of the things that when AJ hosts a podcast, he always brings like a question from a skeptic. Right? Uh-huh. I love I think, it. Ha- like you've been skeptic talking a lot me. about like skeptics in Berkeley. Um, so I'm going to turn the tables a little bit and talk about, okay, what about the skeptical Christian? Who's like, I don't know about Ray's model. Like yeah. I think it's just go in, plant a church, put up a sign, people come in. Right. So mm-hmm. one, one thing that I feel like if I'm, if I'm that person that I'm thinking is, it sounds like there's a lot of missed opportunities in your mm-hmm. model, right? You mm-hmm. do this donut day, you're mm-hmm. handing out donuts, but you can like, you can hand him a donut and like the gospel message, right? Yeah. You're doing like uh, Jungle James, which at some point we should dive into what that is because that sounds amazing. But yeah. Jungle James shows up at your church. It's like feels like at some point you should push Jungle James out of the out of the way, get up there and be like, "Hey guys, the reason we All really got call. you here today is we want to tell you about the Jesus. party ends in hell, <laughs> yeah, exactly. right? It's like because really, it's like you got this moment where you mm-hmm. gathered all these folks who, in the Nineveh conversation, don't know their right hand from their left. Mm-hmm. And now you've got an audience, a captive audience, a donut eating audience, yep. and you have an opportunity to slide across the table, the words of eternal life, mm. but you're not taking it. You're just inviting yeah. him to jungle James. You're just inviting him to the next step. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you say to the person who's like, you're leaving so many opportunities on the table in the model that you have? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's a great point. And I would say, Hey, there's, there's lots of models, you know, and I'm 37 and I know I'm not perfect. And I, I tell people all the time, you know, what we do it's not for everyone, our style, uh, but I would say it's effective. And so when I say effective, I think we're replicating what Jesus did. You know, I could, you know, I could be off. We just go biblical for a moment. Uh, most miracles that happened, happened in the marketplace. Most encounters Jesus had was because he was readily available. And so that's what we, that's what we look at. So what I didn't say was all of the conversations we had at Donut Days with those who were readily ready for that conversation, you know? And so I think, you know, if you go to our kids team who manages the Donut Day, and we just actually launched one at UC Berkeley too, so we do a Donut Day over at UC Berkeley. But our kids team, they know, hey, we're not, we're not trying to shove the gospel down people's throats. But I'll tell you what, 
we have many great conversations that are ordained by God and not forced by us. And I think there's lots of time where we force conversations. And um, yeah, and so I think, you know, you look at Jesus, he, what did he say to Levi? He said, hey, I want to go eat with you. There's a relational component to what Jesus did that I think we miss out on. I think we go straight to the, your life sucks. I need to save you right now. For us, like I said, our vision, we're, we're not called to save. We're called to just help lift the fog. And I think part of the lifting of the fog, maybe I'd say to the person who's skeptic, would be, man, like, what it, do you actually care about them or just fixing them? You know, and I think in our motto, it's like, hey, we actually want to be in relationship with people. And I think it's easier to just say, hey, you know, give, give your life to Jesus. And then we're going to go about our day and live our lives where I'm saying, Hey, we're actually going to grind and we're going to say, Hey, like, I want to go eat with you. I want to invite you to our house. I want to spend time with you and help lift that fog. And so that lifting of the fog doesn't always happen in an instant. Most, most of the time it doesn't. Um, you know, there's a guy I play tennis with, uh, we met on the corner in Claremont area and we just play tennis and we play tennis. And you know what, when his wife was having an issue with the baby and possible loss, you know, who he called, he called me. You know, and so we play tennis and um, so, yeah, I, I don't th- I can't say that my model is the best. I will say that when it comes to relational engagement and people that I got numbers of who are like I can call friends, I feel like that there's a win there. And so I think, you know, I'm just more patient. I think I'm patient to to engage. You know, I'm not just in and out. You know, some people may come into Berkeley and then they're they're going right. We're here for for the long haul. And so that means you know, we're, we're going to, we're going to work with people. And, um, yeah, so I think, but there's been opportunities where we got to talk to people about Jesus on those corners we'll have missions teams, you know, that same skeptic that may come and come to Dona Day. I'd say, Hey, like make yourself available to be in tune to what God is saying. And there's going to be opportunities that you have where you can actually minister. Uh, we're just saying every conversation doesn't have to be that way, nor do you see that Jesus had that, you know, that it was that way. So that's what I'd say. I'm not perfect, um, but that's kind of what our model is. We're going to keep running after it. Well, it's funny, too, when you, you talk about that phrase, occupying every space in Jesus mm-hmm. name, I forget exactly how you said that. But the first image I get when you use that phrase is like Beauty and the Beast, pitchforks and like <laughs> nice. torches, like we're going to occupy this space yes. for Jesus. But then when you describe how it works... Really, the, the way you're describing the ministry that you're doing in Berkeley reminds me a lot of men and women that I know who are really good at personal evangelism, mm. right? The people who I think of a guy in my life who's just golfing for Jesus, right? Goes out on the course, building relationships, the person that before COVID would get stuck in his cart, or now it's just like, you know, walking down the course with him you're or whatever it is. still stuck with you for four hours. Come <laughs> exactly. On. Four hours, conversation, building relationships, end up at the... The next step might not be ending up at church, but it's ending up next Thursday on the golf course, mm-hmm. or it's ending up in the clubhouse afterwards, or it's ending up at, you know, hey, we should go get our wives together. We should go out to dinner, right? It's mm-hmm. building these relationships. And one thing that encourages me as I listen to the description of your model is it's almost like you're tapping into people who are naturally great at evangelism and build organic means of winning folks into the kingdom through relationships you've almost like cracked this code of like, how do we build a church around that? Mm-hmm. Where it's not like, hey, we all do evangelism through relationships, but at church, we build a program and put give out flyers. But no. it's almost like you've got a ministry model that is organically getting a whole community into the community and weaving fabrics of relationships together. Am I misunderstanding what you guys are doing? Or is that like what no, you're trying to do? No, that's right. Like, like if we take a moment, okay, we're here. We're at three crosses right now. And so if, if you said, hey, Ray, what would you say to our church when it comes to activating them to utilize their influence to build God's kingdom. I would say it's easier than you think. Um, And so to your point, I think that, man, what stops people from sharing their faith 
is their fear of sharing their faith. Um, but what we know about our faith and being with Jesus is that we are the church, right? And so if we, with a good mindset says, Hey, in every space I'm in God, I'm just available. You know, I put my, I position myself into spaces with the thought that I'm available. Hey, when you go to Pete's coffee, which is the best coffee shop, just so you guys, if you didn't know, originated in Berkeley, but when you show up at the coffee shop, it's not, okay, who, do, who am I going to witness to? Oh, I see that. Oh, there's that heathen over there. No, it's the, okay, God, I'm here. I'm going to go about my day, but I'm available. Mess me up if you need me to, or if I just, you know, or if I'm just bringing peace, you know, Jesus was a bringer of peace. Just me, just you guys being in the spaces you're in, your work, your jobs, like wherever you're at, right? You're the supermarket. You're bringing the peace of God with you. And so just that alone will impact people's lives. And so I think it's, it's the, it's the changing. Like I remember when I told our team about coming to Berkeley just to, to meet people. It's like, Hey, I don't want you to go there to witness just be available. Just be on the streets and allow God to use you. You may be at a, you know, like a guy I met who plays tennis. I didn't go there to meet him, but we met because he had a tennis racket. My kid said, Hey, my dad plays tennis. And so then we started playing tennis, you know? So I think it's just, I think there's opportunities that we miss out on because we we're, we're thinking we have to do more than what Jesus is asking. He just wants us to be available and ready. You know, I love that. The, imagine folks who are listening to the podcast, like they don't run churches, but they run lives of their own. Right. Mm -hmm. And so they're like picturing the workplace that God has given to them. They're picturing the neighborhood God has provided for them to live in. And really like hearing from you be available to see Mm -hmm. what God does. Is there anything else you need to like link in your mind in order to activate this aspect of building relationships, helping folks lift the fog besides merely being available? Like what would the next step be for someone who's like, I bet I could do this in my neighborhood. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think what I would say is, uh, they've already got the relationships. Like, I think a lot of times we like, 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 here's the thing I think as pastors, we have to make a shift on. So now we can fight over this one. Uh, I don't know anywhere in scripture where it says, get your friends to my church. Like as I read through scripture, I don't see it, you know, like, okay, get your, get your friends to my church. Now, it's, this is, this is the church. And so yes, three crosses, get your, you know, if you got friends that are looking for church, get them here or your lost friends. But what I'm saying, I say that on a philosophical change of saying we have, we have, um, given up our ability to be Jesus to people and we've given it to the church and said, okay, I'll just, if I just get my friends here, then pastor Danny's going to preach a powerful word, which we already know. And then they're going to get Jesus. That is a part of people's process. But I think there's a mindset shift to say, hey, you're, you're called to get them to, to Jesus. And a part of that is, okay, how do I do this? It's easy. You have a neighbor who your kids go and hang out with. And what if you, what if you sacrifice? So let's say, what if we as a Three Crosses Church made a decision to fast one meal for Jesus a week? What does that mean? Not the, you know, what you think, okay, I can't eat a meal. But what if you said, hey, one meal a week, I am going to invite a lost family who doesn't know Jesus and we're just going to do life together once a week. Imagine, Danny, if your entire church fasted one meal a week and said, I'm going to get in the life of a neighbor or someone who's lost and just, hey, we're just going to engage relationally. When you get in proximity, just like when we get in proximity to Jesus, if people get in proximity to God's people, a shift's going to happen. And we don't have to force it. God is, you know, you, you hear all in scripture, God's long suffering that's accurate. That means that, man, come on, God, 
God, God, God's got a plan. And if we just realize we're not called to save because God does the saving, we're called to, to, to love and serve. You know, if we will do that, man, imagine what the church would look like in a year. If everyone invited one person to their house, a meal a week or went out for a meal and you just say, Hey, I'm doing this. I'm eating this meal on purpose for a purpose. You know, it's amazing. I, yeah. I think of, there are times in, in my own life where I feel like my wife and I, my family and I, we stumble upon something where we're like, okay, there's something good and missional about this that we don't realize. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, it was super hot last week. We, uh, all the kids soccer practice gets canceled. So we're like, Hey, let's invite the team over to come hang out mm-hmm. like our house, whatever. So all these, like all of a sudden our backyard's filled with all these folks who never met before. We don't know. And it's like, okay, there's something good about mm-hmm. this. Right. And so like, I love that actionable, like, okay, maybe, yeah, the next step is who here can we invite to have a meal with, right? What's mm. the next step? Because I feel like for us, it's always like, this is good. I Maybe we do this again. What, like, yeah. what's how the next step? How does this happen? Step? It feels something good about this, but how do you do it? Yeah, that next, if, yeah, you're what's your, being, if you're not being cursed at, you're missing something. You got to be around people that are just <laughs> cursing at you. Then you know, okay, I'm I'm where Jesus would be. You no, know? Did you say <laughs> cursing around you or cursing at you? Right. I think I said both, but probably cursing around you, you know, where they're <laughs> but. But yeah, I mean, think about, I mean, to get those families that would have never at this point get to three crosses, but you brought three crosses to them, mm-hmm. you know, you're bringing the church to them and you're making yourself available. I mean, that's amazing. I mean, come on, you got soccer kids. It's there's dads that are now going to talk to you in a different way than they would if you're standing on a sideline, mm-hmm. you know, you're chugging back some beers or whatever. I don't know if you guys do the beer thing here, you know, you're drinking a beer or you're drinking a, a Coke or, you know, the kids are playing, the wives are talking and the men are, are just hanging, you know, there's mm-hmm. just something about that. That's like, is that not the church? I think it is. I think Jesus would say, Hey, that's the church. I think Jesus would say, Hey, we're going to a movie with a couple and our kids are hanging out and afterwards we're going to grab ice cream and we're going to spend time. I think that's, I think that Jesus would call that a church, man. You're at work and you're having lunch with an employee who, you know, is struggling. You're just there for them. I think that's the church, you know? That's mm-hmm. why Jesus said, hey, th- we're the temple. Why do you think he cut the curtain in half and split it, right? God's living in us. So any space we go and we occupy it, we're bringing Jesus there, you know? So whatever that looks like. If you love tennis, do that. If you love going to the beach, do that. You know, I think if we do it in our normal things of life, it's easier. It's when we try to to make up things, you know, hey, we're going to do this evangelistic outreach. Everyone's like, oh, what is that? Like, I don't know. But we encourage people to do it in the normal routine of life. People, it becomes like, oh, this is what Jesus meant about the unforced rhythms of grace. You know, like it's easier than we think. Okay, last question. Okay. This is a Chick-fil-A. Yeah, no, Chick-fil-A <laughs> or In-N-Out. Now, last question. Uh, I'd love for you to speak a little bit into our ministry model here. Is okay. You are front end of, you know, your church going to be around for 100,000 years, whatever. Like, we're like, okay, we're 70 years in here. Uh-huh. We have the building. We're on a great piece of real estate. We have, like, this invitational ability to say, hey, come on up. Come to church on Sunday. And yet, we're struggling with the same thing that you're struggling with of, okay, the culture outside our doors is increasingly post-Christian, mm. not interested in coming to a church service. And so what we have seen in the last couple of years is kind of stumbling upon what you've done. We've opened up spaces Mm. that are really neutral religious spaces and seen folks engaging like never before, right? Our cafe that we walked through on the way up here. It's like filled with people who are not church people. They're here, right? We did a Warriors watch parties, people walking up the hill from down the street, like would have never stepped foot on church. Like Mm. Christmas last year, ice skating rink, all these people from the community, non-believing people. 
And we've had great conversations and those gospel moments in the midst of all those things. But we kind of had that first step of like, we've created some spaces where folks are willing to engage at a corporate level with our people Mm -hmm. in a non-religious environment that they wouldn't come to a religious environment. But then as you walk through the kind of those concepts or even walk through our cafe and you look around with your missiologist like (laughs) lens, what's next? Like, what do we do next in our cafe space to engage with folks? It's probably based on what you're saying, not putting up a banner that says we meet at 9 a.m. in this room. What's the next step for somebody who's sipping coffee 100 feet from us right now? Yeah, so I'd say, man, I love marketing and branding. So I'd start by saying, dude, you market. It's your space. So, you know, you can market. It's not going to hurt to market unless it's, you know, digging in people's faces. You know, it's like, hey, they're coming in, market a little bit. You know, so I'd say, hey, market a little bit. Market something. Um, but, But then I think it's the mindset of... We always think large when we have to think smaller. Like that's always the first stage is you think, you know, I I feel like people look for these like external things and there's like, there's an internal change that has to start, you know? So I think my first challenge would be, okay, okay. Executive team of three crosses church. If you're listening in right now, you should be out in the lobby, you know, out here drinking coffee. Maybe you're working from there. You know, it's, it, it can, you could be so close and so far removed, you know? And so I think, man, that's that stage. I think there's people at our church who are like, Hey man, if you're working in three, you know, anywhere near three crosses and you got to go to lunch, why are you not here? You know, because when I walked in today and I'm looking around, I'm like, man, like this is a win. I would kill to have a cafe on Shattuck that I've got this many people there. I'm, I'm working from there. I'm spending time there. So I think it's, I think it's this mindset of there's the, the large thing and then, but there's small. So I would start with, okay, what are the small things that we can do that, that make us, puts us positionally available. Right. And then I think from there now is strategy. Okay. Listen, we can strategize here. You know, let's look at, okay, what do we, what we gotta, we gotta have baby steps for each of these people that are in here. You know, what's the baby step? Okay. I'm thinking right now, okay. I saw some, some young parenting, uh, age. I saw, I saw some young adult age. It's like, okay, like what are some felt needs that maybe we can capture on? You know, I, I literally was standing here. I was like, okay, what, like what, who could we have come at the cafe at like 12 o'clock? And maybe there's a, you know, someone's got a book or there's a, you know what I mean? So I just started thinking, okay, if we're just talking cafe wise, you've got the audience. Now you just got to figure out what they want. Maybe there's a survey that you, you send out that says, okay, Hey, you know, here's a survey of, you know, there's a few simple questions like what do you, you know, what's life feeling like for you today? Or, you know, blah, you know, I, you know, and just start trying to ask, like get, I would be trying to get feedback and I love surveys. I try to get some type of feedback of what people are needing in this season and then try to provide that resource using Christians. You know, um, I would use someone who is living life on purpose for a purpose that can engage with, you know, you got business leaders that are here, right? I, can, I would probably say in that room down there, there's probably some people that are trying to transition to a new job, get the best business leader you got heck, three crosses and say, Hey, would you come down and just, maybe they've got a friend who's, you know, Patrick Gelsinger, maybe they know Patrick Gelsinger, you know, he's going to come to three crosses cafe and give a quick talk on, you know, finding a new career. You know what I mean? Like, I just think it's just figuring out ways to, to hit those felt needs. Cause then they have to register for that. <laughs> right. Your marketing brand. And again. then from that registration, you know, now you've got a list of people that are saying, Hey, I want that. I want business development. Okay, great. Now they're going to jump into a group with whatever that guy's name is. And Hey, we're going to talk about, you know, how do you market yourself better when you're trying to trans, you know, get into a new career or you know, what are some good business, pra- you know what I mean? So I think it's just figuring out, okay, what are the needs that people have? And then just, you know, pouncing on them. Cause you have the answers with the people in your church already. You know, I don't know that. I love that mobilizing 
the church yeah. to go and connect with folks through the church as well as out in their own neighborhoods in the world. Like really it's all of our life can be on mission with Jesus, whether it's through the church or beyond. Yeah. Thanks for coming in today. Hey, thanks for having me. Thanks for all you guys do. You guys are amazing church. I just privileged to be here, you know, so. Appreciate the conversation. And thank yeah. you, AJ, who's uh, watching off on the side. AJ! Thanks for uh, stepping away from the microphone. The bearded one. This. Can we call him that? The bearded one? Let the record show that Ray looked directly at AJ when he said, fast a meal and eat with a heathen. <laughs> so, hey, well, uh, yeah, grab some lunch with AJ and lead him to Christ today. Yes, we're going to do it. Make it happen. Sounds good.